fam. This is my host, Brandon. Uh, today, we're going to get into uh, like our weekly show, man. Uh, just get into some uh, some recap and some preview. Uh, we got some playoff games uh, in college. Uh, one uh, just like went final, and then we got the uh, the second semifinal going. And we have some other bowl games today, too, as well. So, we'll get into that, man. It was NFL, some college football talk. So, uh, before we get started, man, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm good. Uh, we have some very juicy and interesting conversations to take place here shortly. Uh, some more favorable than others for some of us. Uh, we've had some that have not been favorable for me as of late, but now we're going to have one that is not so favorable for Cam. Uh, but I do feel for him. Uh, some things didn't happen to go the way they should have, and I definitely can feel for his frustrations for sure. But, man, we've got a lot of cool stuff to talk about, so you guys get comfortable, get ready, and let's go. All right, man. So, um, give a big shout out, man, to our sponsor before we get started, man. Uh, Off the Ball Network, man. Follow all of the podcasts on there, man. They got some great guys, man. Great conversations. Uh, so follow them, man. They got every sport you can think of, man. Uh, really good, good network, man. We trying to get it going, get it growing, and uh, that's how that. Like I said, that's all I can do is recommend, man, because we like it. And they help us, and we help them. So it's a great partnership, man. And then we got Bet US, man, one of the oldest sports books out there. Man, they help. They help every. They help everybody that maybe have a gambling issue too. But they help you enjoy your sports betting experience. Uh, we have a link in our description, man. Uh, they have some great uh, bonus bets, man. Sign you up. It's a new year, man. You want to get into it? Uh, like I said, check it out, man. It's a great. Great opportunity, man. So we're everywhere now, man. So uh, even Apple Podcasts. Uh, so just type in Football Frame of Mind Podcast, man, and we gonna pop up, man. We got a whole list of episodes, man. Uh, if you want to check out all of our um, all of our shorts, man, especially YouTube, they're booming, man. Got a couple videos with a thousand plus views, man. Got some interesting takes on there from both of us. So check it out, man. And then uh, if you want to just uh, check on YouTube, man. Also, we have a whole list of things, man. We got it all organized, man. It's not everywhere. Got our NFL stuff. Got our college football stuff, man. You can call us on our BS uh, for our takes because we got it all in order. So, uh, But check us out, man. And lastly but not least, man, we got to check out our store, man. Uh, still cold out here, man. We got a nice hoodie on there, man. Uh, I don't really know the fabric, but it's soft and it's it's gonna keep you warm out here. So check it out, man. It's a link in our description, uh, and all over uh, our uh, platform, social media. So check us out, man. We're everywhere. So anywhere you get your podcast, your your YouTube, you watch whatever. We're everywhere. Check us out, man. And don't forget to check out our store. It's really cool, you know, and give us some feedback on things that we can add as well, like, you know, hats, you know, maybe even socks. I don't know. You're into that thing. <laughs> so uh, so let's get into uh, actually, you know what? We'll start with uh, college football, man. We'll start with college football. All right. So uh, I am the Bama fan of the two of us. Uh, 
So obviously, Bama takes the loss to Michigan in the Rose Bowl. Man, gotta say though, it was a good game. So before I get into like my my pity party, uh, I gotta say it was a good game. I figured it was gonna be a close game. I mean, slobber knocker, as uh, Jr. Ross from uh, WWE used to say. Uh, that's exactly what it was, man. I mean, I really wish we could have got. Brett Musburger to do the call. I didn't really like um, Herbstreet and the other guy as much. I really liked, uh, well, actually, you know what? It's not Herbstreet. It was the other guy I really didn't like. I really wanted Musburger and Herbstreet, honestly, because I felt like they would have, it would have been more engaging. I kind of really just wanted to put it on mute for real because I was like, bro, I just want to watch the game. So, but it was a good game, man. Uh, Michigan wins 27 to 20. So, I was upset, obviously, being the fan that I am. Uh, but my take on it is we, we talked about it before we got on here extensively. So, um, but for the viewers, man, my take on it is that the offense really cost Bama this game. Like, I don't think it's a game where you could really say, oh, the defense failed at the end of the game. No. Bama fans understand what kind of game this was, right? This was Jalen Hurts against Clemson, right? We played so good in the first half, and then those snaps for the defense start going up and up and up because you're going three and out. You're fumbling the ball. You're doing things like that. And when you're playing a team that is a ball control team, where they don't need many explosive plays to really slice and dice you. They really don't. They can just beat you up and then maybe hit you with a big play here. But the little play can turn to a big one. You know what I'm saying? The 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 toss can turn into a 50-yard gain, or the simple draw can bust out open for a big gain. And that's really what it was, man. Michigan didn't do anything crazy, like nothing eccentric. They really ran what they wanted to do, and they stayed on schedule, man. So – Shout out to the Michigan Wolverines, man. They got the win, man. They're going to the national championship game. We got the Sugar Bowl going as we speak right now. I think it's 14-14, uh, second quarter. So not really – I'm not really looking forward to it because I'm already defeated, so I'm not really going to watch it. I really don't care at this point, man. So I just, just want a good game to watch, I guess, if I watch it because I'm – I'm heated, man. So now let me get into the Bama part of this, right? So looking at well, moving forward, Jalen Milrow, if he's going to be an NFL quarterback, you need to do exactly what J.J. McCarthy did. Make the throws that you need to make, okay? The throws to the running backs, the slants, the hitches, the outside throws, things that NFL quarterbacks – do on a on a daily basis you have to do that you know what i'm saying and i get it he's fast and whatever right but you gotta make the throws man you gotta and then you gotta take off man like you want to be a passer so bad and you want to show people that you can pass so bad but sometimes you just gotta go like just go you know what i'm saying win the game like you said before we got on here, developing the offseason, we trying to win some games. And if your running ability is going to help us win, do it. 
Like, just it, right? Worry about the draft and all that stuff later because eventually they're going to know what they can do with you or not. You know what I'm saying? Cordell Stewart was a quarterback. He could play everything. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't really matter. They'll use you how you want to use it. And usually if you are that good, they will conform to what you do best. Like, it's never going to be, they're not going to force you to do that. Even with RG3, they tried to play his way, you know what I'm saying? But he got hurt, so they had to change the system, right? You know what I'm saying? Michael Vick, all these mobile quarterbacks have had success, bro. It's not like you're the first one, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got to learn how to pass. But, bro, in college, you got to win. That's how. That's really what's going to help you, you know what I'm saying? So for, for him, it starts with him. I really feel like, you know, he didn't do what he needed to do today. And it cost us, man. You know, the the lead 17 to to uh, to 13 and momentum that the defense is building. They got a couple stops, man. I mean, perfect situation for you to just stick a nail in a coffin and you fumble the ball, man. Like you talk about Bill O'Brien saying that maybe you should play a different position, right? So when people see things like that, that's exactly what they're saying. That's exactly where they get that from. You have to take care of the football, man. Like mm -hmm. it's it's not that hard, man. You know that you know you got to do it. That's just you, the quarterback. If you turning the ball over, then you really ain't got no chance. You know what I'm saying? Now, if other people turn the ball over, you can just plug and play those players. But the quarterback, you can't do that, man. That is a situational awareness, man. So, um. Like I said, then the center, man, like, dude, like, this is week, this is week, like, what is this, 15, 16 or something like that? Well, we still can't snap the ball, right? Like, come on, man. Like, dude, you can't do that, man. Like, the center quarterback exchange is something that is a day one install. Day one. When you come in from the spring practice, bro, like, that's all y'all do. Take snaps. Like under center, uh, shotgun, tosses, pitches, things like that. That's day one install. Like everybody that's played football understands that you've seen that. You know what I'm saying? Summer workouts in high school, peewee, like snapping the ball. Like that's what you do. You got to have a trust. And the fact that we're in the playoffs and we still having those issues, man, is crazy to me. Crazy. So, I know uh, Seth McLaughlin, the center, is leaving. So whoever it is that is coming in, I, I don't expect to have those same issues next year. I expect that to be completely eradicated, whatever. So I don't know. But in my exit interview for uh, Alabama, next season the quarterback competition is open again. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, because I didn't see enough, like I seen enough from Jalen Miro to know that he'll probably be the guy coming in the spring. But after that, I don't know. Because if he comes in the spring and the other guys like Julian saying, because he was on the sideline today, like a lot of those dudes that, you know, you know, seeing how this game went, it's a big deal. You know what I'm saying? And as far as all the quarterbacks, Julian Sands got the the most potential out of all of them. Now, I give some of the guys that were there and, and in the trenches this year 
and edge in terms of maybe the day-to-day stuff. But as far as talent, he's got the goods, man. He's got the goods. So when you're looking at it as a in a whole picture, coming to the next season, I expect Jalen Miro to be uh, quarterback one. I expect uh, Julian Sand to be in that argument, and I expect uh, Dylan Larnigan to be in that line, keep uh, in that game. Keep those names in your mind, Brandon, because I I don't know what to expect going into the next season. There are some things that Jalen Miro needs to fix coming into that, and you can't fix that on air. Like you, yeah, people understand the situations that he. The, the problems that he's having are things that can only be fixed in-game. So you can't fix that in the offseason, you know what I'm saying, because you're not going against no pressure. You're not going against no defenses trying to take your head off, right? So you're going to have to get to the point where you can trust the fact that you're an athlete and that you can throw, right? But use your athleticism, you know what I'm saying? Use it. It's there. God gave it to you for a reason. You might as well use it. You know what I'm saying? Can't nobody mess with you. You know what I'm saying? So I fully expect it to be an open competition, man. And don't be surprised, man, if Julian Sand or Dylan Larnigan uh, wins that. Because it's a certain quarterback that wins at Bama, man. Like, it's not – like, one thing that, that pissed me off about Alabama sometimes is the fact that we fell in love with this this Tua, this Jalen, this Mac Jones. Well, not even Mac Jones, but those particular two, right? Tua and then Bryce and all those guys that kind of made it fun and pass happy and everything. And we just lost the the uh, the way we play. You know what I'm saying? It's fun to score points. It's fun to do all that. But when I really had more fun as a Bama fan <clears throat> is when – we used to just maul people. I mean, like I said, you experienced that. You know what I'm saying? Now, don't get me wrong. Y'all gave it back to us. Don't give it. Don't get it twisted. Y'all gave it back to us. But when <clears throat> when I enjoyed being a Bama fan, is when we would just maul people on defense, on offense, even special teams. We would just run downfield and hit people. And that's the underlining thing, too, that I saw in this game. Michigan, on every kickoff return, was down the field. Like, they was stopping the kick return, like, inside the 15, bro. They wanted it. Huh? They wanted it. Bro, I'm telling you. Bro, I didn't even think about that until I just said it, bro. Every kickoff, man, that we returned didn't go nowhere. They was all getting knocked back. So I'm like, yo, what's going on? So, like I said, coming in the next season, man, it's a good season, man. Obviously, it's kind of championship or bust. But I think the fact that we got to the, the, the playoffs was a win for me. Because early on, I didn't think we were going to do it. I didn't. Because it was just too – it was so much inconsistency with Jalen Miro. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't have inconsistency with that quarterback. Like, you can say, oh, we don't have a good running back or we don't have our linebacking core is young or whatever. But a quarterback, man, bro, you can't do it. So, like I said, I expect it to be an interesting offseason, to say the least, because 
there's still some guys in the transfer portal. Maybe you bring a guy to push Jalen and you just bring in a ready-made starter. I know Cam Ward, um, I know he is declaring he for declared. the draft. He declared. But he could change his mind for the right scenario. I don't know if you can back out once you officially declare, though. It's paperwork you got to submit first. You can yeah. say, oh, I declare all I want. I, I'm going pro. But if you don't submit that paperwork, you can, you can change your mind. If you they submit- still have guys. They still have guys in the portal. Uh, I mean, I already made a short for it, but I mean, might as well throw it out there. DJ use off the market. He transferred to Florida State in a move that I didn't think that was really going to come to fruition. But I mean, I think it works, man. I think you've seen a work. lot. You've seen. All right, so now off of Bama. Now let's get into some other college football stuff. So Florida State is in kind of a weird scenario, right? Because uh, I forgot uh, who said it, but they mentioned this as being kind of a transfer portal culture thing, right? When you build it from within, like Bama, LSU, and then you sprinkle in some transfer portal guys, it, it changes the culture because people understand the vision and they just grow up with it, right? When mm-hmm. you just like do it the reverse way, and do the transfer portal and then sprinkle in recruiting, it's not that successful. And the culture really wasn't there, which is why Mm -hmm. a lot of dudes opted out from Florida State because they really didn't want to be there anyway. They came there to do exactly what they did, increase their draft stock or transfer somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? So that's really what it was, you know, and that's what hurt them. And you see what happened with Georgia. Like, they had a lot of transfer portal guys, but not a lot of opt-outs. You know what I'm saying? So, basically, you ending up with your same team playing against a team that ain't got nobody on there. You know what I'm saying? Now, that's not really saying that the game would have went either way. But I think that it would have been a lot more competitive had a lot more guys from um, from Florida State played. You know, but you can understand they was mad about not getting in. But at the same time, like I said, when you build a culture based on people coming from other places, you don't really you don't really get a chance to understand what playing for Florida State in the Orange Bowl means. You don't have a solid foundation. It's just kind of floating on thin air. And then when somebody pops your bubble, everything just falls to the wayside. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I expect. Uh, Florida State to be okay next season. I really don't know what to expect from the ACC, honestly. We don't even know if they're even going to be there yet. That's still up in the air. So, I mean, we kind of have to play it by ear and see what happens. So, exactly. It could be really good or it could be really bad. I mean, it could go either way depending on, like, where they go or they stay or whatever. Yeah, so I really – I don't know, man. I really don't know. So, it's – it's interesting, dog. It is. So I feel like I feel like that game was pretty good, man. But uh, I seen your LSU Tigers, man, play against Louisville, man. Not not Louisville. Was that Louisville or that was Wisconsin? Wisconsin. Yeah. So I, I seen some good in there, man. Like I said, I wasn't sold on uh Nuss. Uh, what's his name? Nussmeyer. That's mm-hmm. quarterback. Like I wasn't sold on him for real. But you know what? He's got a nice deep ball, man. And it was it was like touch you know what i'm saying and 
Like, I was like, man, only if Milrow could do that. Just float it in there beautifully. You know what He's I mean? a gunslinger, dude. He can bro. put that ball wherever. That bro. dude's got a cannon. Bro, you can have a cannon with no bullets. What do you No, have? but I'm saying, but like, he's got a cannon, but like, he could drop that ball like in a bucket. Yeah, <laughs> a water pool or a pool. <laughs> if there's a if it's a a, a whirlpool, a swimming pool or something like that. Because yeah, it's cool. He can throw. He can throw. He got a cannon, bro. But at but the same time, like the touch bro. throws, the touch throws mm -hmm. is what I'm talking about. Like the throw that Nussmeier made to the guy in the back of the end zone, right? You know what I'm saying? Like that was that was beautiful. It was not. The receiver didn't even have to break stride at all. It was just like right there, and like it's just those are throws that I just wish Jalen Bill would have made. You know today, like I just get well, mad at other teams that have good quarterback play. This this <laughs> is my correlation. So how you say your offense failed y'all that game? Our defense damn near failed us at that game. Uh, Tanner Mordecai looked like the guy who I was talking about in the offseason this game. He was slinging the ball everywhere, man. He would, they, they scored quick. They got up on LSU like 14 nothing really early in this game. And we had to battle back. And Nussmeyer took a little while to get warmed up. Obviously, he's had limited playing time, but he can sling it, man. He can play. Uh, there's obviously a talent drop-off between a Jaden Daniels and a Nussmeyer, but there's still a lot of potential, a lot of talent there. He just needs to get yeah. Field time, man. He needs to get practice. Uh, he turned it up, man. Uh, but our defense, yeah. horrible. No tackling. You know, I, I don't it's, agree. I don't agree, man. No, nah, dude. Agree. Defense, dude. Defense oh. was horrible. They could not break down and make tackles. Dude, I, this is the thing. I'm impressed with LSU's offense dropping that much points on like a, a top 10 unit on defense. Wisconsin has talent on offense. But LSU's got way too much talent on defense to be missing tackles and giving up 31 points like that. I just don't – we need a change. Well, okay. So, all right. So, to be on the other side of the equation, I actually don't think our defense played that bad today. I really don't think so. Because I look at – I'm looking at the flow of the game, right? So, if I'm not mistaken, Wisconsin was up 28 to, like, 14 or something, right? The yeah. whole the the whole game, they only scored three more points for the rest of the game. Now y'all scored all of them, and they only scored three, bro, because they they was twenty eight to fourteen, and y'all won the game thirty one to thirty five. If I'm not mistaken, so yeah, I'm but they can't even get the. Yeah, but they're not even getting the fundamentals right. Like, I'll give credit where that's due, but, man, like, if you can't even get damn tackling down and your angles right, you go into next year with a really good team, and if you still got them issues, man, we're going to struggle. Like, our offense can probably score points, but uh, it's not going to help when you freaking – this is the thing. You're playing Wisconsin. Think if you start having these issues against an Alabama, you start having these issues against Georgia, Texas – Teams that are loaded with talent, that doesn't turn into just three points. That turns into a blowout, or that turns into your offense going in an uphill climb that they can't always dig themselves out of. So, I mean, I do give credit where it's due, but I definitely think if you're Brian Kelly and you're the AD, you're exploring options, 
at defensive coordinator because defense held us back this year from making a lot of noise. And you know you can agree with me on that, that if we even had a defense even close to, like, let's just say we had a defense anything close to y'all, we'd be having a much different conversation right now about playoffs and accolades and who's in the national championship. It'd be a much different conversation for sure. Bro, going into next season, bro, I don't even, I don't even know, dude. Like, I don't know. It feels, it feels like, it feels like, uh, like I don't know. It feels like coming into this season, bro. It's like the same thing going into next season. You know, like, all right, you know, you got Jalen Miro, but like, I, I wasn't impressed. Like, I was actually coming into this game feeling good about Jalen Miro coming back. But after this game, bro, I'm I'm back to kind of where oh, I was. Either. I'm back to where I was when the season started. It's like yeah, you were unsure. You didn't yeah. know what to think. You didn't know what we were gonna get out of it. Things like that. Yeah, like I felt like, like I said before, coming into the season, I felt like Jalen Miro was was going to be the guy. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't know about the other dudes. You know what I'm saying? Because it was really him and Ty Simpson, and then Buckner came in the summertime. So I was mm-hmm. like, man, I don't really think he's going to make that much of a jump for real. So I knew coming into this season it was really his to lose, right? But I don't think next season, I think it's even, bro. I think it's even. Like, so, like, you guys you guys have A.J. Swan coming in from Vanderbilt. So I expect Brian Kelly to go with the guy that, you know, can win you the most games. Yeah. Like, it's I, an open competition. Yeah, and then you yeah, got another underclassman quarterback who's really good too. So I mean, yeah. So I expect him to go with Ben. And one thing about Brian Kelly that I like is that he will start the guy that gives him the best chance to win. Yeah, and you know, and at times Saban can be a lot more favoritism. He can be. He can show favoritism sometimes. And I get it, man. Sometimes you just coach a certain way. But when Brian Kelly started Everett Golson and they went like 14 and 0 or something like that, coming into that, that championship game against Alabama, I was like, yo, that's a big move, man. Because he was a freshman. You know what I'm saying? You had other guys, like I want to say Tommy Reese was on that team as the offensive coordinator for us. So to start a guy that was unproven and a freshman, like that was crazy, man. And then Ian Booker. Uh, mm-hmm. Ian Booker. He's, 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 he's willing to take the chances, man. Look at when he came to us. You had a guy who was a former five-star quarterback, experienced a little injury issues, but everybody thought he was going to be the guy. And Brian Kelly said, no, we're going to bring a guy in from the portal. We're going to have open competition. And a lot of people thought that he was going to go with Miles Brennan just based on merit and the fact he's a former five-star recruit and he could do this and that. And Brian Kelly was like, no, like, this guy is going to give me the chance to win with the offense that I'm running. I'm not going to go off of anything else. And then, obviously, Brennan went on to never play football again, and we ended up ruling him with uh, Jaden Daniels. Yeah. So, so I mean, man. so yeah, dog. So we we are two two teams, man, with some quarterback issues, man, coming into next season. So I don't know, man. I really, I really don't know. Coming into next season, we really in the same boat. Like, but except switch switch uh, offense and defense as the the key, because defensively I think we're gonna be really good next season. Offensively I just don't know. It just depends on who's starting that quarterback. You know what I'm saying? 
And with Jalen Miro, it's like we're going to be on pins and needles all season long. All season long. If he starts, we're going to be in the same position that we in this year. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, man, what kind of game is he going to have? Is he going to, you know, make decisions that he should make? You know what I'm saying? What's going to happen, man? So it's easy, it's easy to look at it and just, like, blame the quarterback. But when you got the ball in your hands all the time, bro, it's all on you. You got to make the pitches. You got to make the handoffs right. You got to make sure that you, you know, communicate with your lineman where the blitz is coming from. You know what I'm saying? So there's a whole lot that you have to do. You know what I'm saying? And I really didn't do that. And then the demeanor, like I said before we got on here, is something I just didn't like, man. I can't I can't win with a guy that I'm not saying be Caleb Williams or be uh, or Cam Newton. You know, brash and arrogant and all of that. I'm not saying that at all. But what when it comes down to those type of quarterbacks, man, like you want to play for a guy like that, Tebow. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you want to do that. Uh, even Joe Burrow, like even though he wasn't like out there, you could look at him and say, "We gonna win this game." Like when. When when uh, LSU and Bama played in that like game of the century, right? Not not the 2011 version, but the 2019 version. Like I kind of knew that LSU was going to win the game because I'm like, bro. Not only was Tua hurt, but at the same time, I was like, bro, dude just feels like he's unstoppable right now. Like and we don't have an answer. Like, but. You can tell he really wanted to win. Like it didn't matter what we threw or how we scored. He's like, bro, gonna find a way to do it. I gotta do it, man. Like even Baker, bro. Baker Mayfield when he was in college, bro. Like I get it. He was arrogant and he had a lot of chip on his shoulder. He still does. Man, that dude had that fire, bro. But dude, like. I don't know. Like, even when they lost a couple games, you know what I'm saying, in the playoffs, bro, you still felt like they had a shot. Like, when I looked at Miro today, I didn't feel like we had a shot in overtime, bro. I really didn't. And it proved to be right, man. So, uh, but like I said, man, shout out to the Michigan Wolverines, man, um, winning the Rose Bowl, man. That's pretty good, man. Because, I mean, technically, they would have been in that game anyway, you know, back in the day. Because they won the Big mm-hmm. Ten, so yeah, uh, like I said, so it's good, man. And then really, kinda, you know, really kind of the last, uh, the last really Rose Bowl matchup for them for real, because the Pac-12 is no longer in existence. So, uh, kind of last true Rose Bowl game that they will really be in, because next year it'll probably be an at-large team. Which throws away like it's still a good game. Don't get me wrong, but it's always good when the Big Ten and the Pac-12 or Big Ten and SEC playing that game because it's like that's really kind of the history of it, you know. So I kind of mm-hmm. like that a lot. So I really hate that we losing that, but you know, money calls, man, and that's how it goes nowadays. So, uh, but like I said, that's the uh, you got something else? Yeah, I think you need to give a shout out to Missouri, bro. Yeah, that's true. That's true, man. That's true. Uh, so the game itself. Okay, so I, I watched this game too. So um, it was pretty cool, man. Um, obviously, 
Uh, Ohio State had the same issues that Florida State had, some opt-outs and everything. But um, I really – it's not the same thing, though. Like, because Ohio State still had a lot of talent, though. The offensive line felt like they were the same. They weren't missing nobody. Uh, but Mizzou really ratcheted up the pressure, man. And they was getting after dude. And that's really how he got hurt, man. It was coming after him. So, um, I really like uh, I really like what Mizzou is doing. Um, a lot of the people on the Bama side of things, like the uh, podcasters and things like that, really wanted Eli Drinkwitz to leave. And I was like, bro, why would you leave? We're not talking. He's not his own culture. He don't have to go nowhere. Exactly. And you in the SEC? Like, bro, you don't have to go like, nowhere. Where are you going to go? You know what I'm saying? What what job is better than this one? You know what I'm saying? That doesn't have a guy. You know what I'm saying? Georgia has a guy. You know, LSU has a guy. Bama has a guy. Texas has a guy. You know what I'm saying? The only jobs that are available that you could probably go to is maybe a Pac-12, well, maybe a Big Ten school now since everybody left, or a Big 12 school maybe. You know what I'm saying? Like, but... Other than that, everything's below Mizzou right now. Was you gonna go to Texas Tech? That's below Mizzou. Was you gonna go to uh, Kansas State? That's below Mizzou. You know what I'm saying? You could in go a good to, spot, man. You know what I'm saying? You're in a good spot, man. And now since you won uh, like a New Year's Six Bowl, it's really big. You know what I'm saying? It's huge. And you beat Ohio State, who really, even with missing players, is still pretty good. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, I mean, the SEC won some games, bro. Yeah, we definitely did, man. So, shout out to uh to Mizzou, man, getting the win, man. Um, I really like uh Cody Schrader, man. I expect when we get into the NFL draft season, I really want to do a show about the NFL draft, man. Just uh uh just kind of a deep dive into that. That can be a series, honestly. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like we could do like a top five, you know, top five quarterbacks. Top five linemen or something like that. Just break down position by position. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that'll be really cool, man. Uh, but I think Cody Schrader is definitely a top five running back in the draft this year uh, because he's just kind of a no-nonsense kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't really do all the juking and moving. He's just straight downhill. You know what I'm saying? He see hole, run through the hole, and pick up yards, man. And honestly, that's really what you need. In a running back position nowadays, you know, especially in the NFL, you don't need flash. You need someone who's just going to get down the field, get yards, move the chains, do what you got to do. If yeah. they can get involved in the pass game, that works too. But if you're going to, especially like when you're like a team like Tennessee with Derrick Henry, that they're very just when they run, it's like straight down, straight down, straight down, straight down, get yards, get yards, get like that's kind of what I feel like the running game is turning into. Obviously, and like we said earlier in the season, it still is kind of running back by committee. But I feel like when people are looking at backs, yeah, you want someone who can catch out the backfield and pass block. But if you're really looking to be like a, a run-heavy team, that's what you want. You want someone who can run like that. You don't need someone that can juke around and run. No, you just need someone to be able to hit the holes, get down the field, score points, get first down, stuff like that. Yeah, man, as we transition into the NFL talk, man, Marshall Falk had a really interesting take on the, uh, on the running backs, man. He – to paraphrase kind of what he said was the question he was asked was why is the running back position devalued? And his answer was like 
blew my mind, but it was so right. He's like, the running backs devalue the running back position. He's like, I was like, what? What you talking about? And then he, I, and I listened to it again. I was like, yo, he's right. He said, look, he said, when I played, I wanted the ball. My backup was just as good as me. So I don't want mm-hmm. him to be on the field more than me. So yeah. he said that these guys, two runs, they tap in the helmet to come out the game. Yeah. So that's They're why. Not, they don't want to be a bell cow. They don't want yeah, that. They like, so that's the why the running back position is devalued because nobody want to just be the guy. You know what I'm saying? Don't come off the field. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yo, he's right. He's right, bro. Nobody wants to be a nobody wants to be Adrian bro, Peterson. He's right, man. Wants I was to like, be... yo, ain't no way, like, ain't no way, you know, Derrick Henry coming off the field. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I see it all the time. You know what I'm saying? So he was so right about that, man. So, yeah, so I was like, dang. But when he said that, I was like, that was some deep thought right there. I was like, they do do that a lot. And, you know what I'm saying? So that's why running backs probably won't be taken in the first round for real. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it's kind of a dip, man. Because remember back in the day, it used to just be you could count on a running back in the top five. At least top five, top ten. You at least had a guy or two guys. You're like, okay, if we need a back and we're in the first round, at least I know I have one or two guys for sure that I can try to move up or down and get. Yeah, bro. Think about, but remember, Carnell Williams and Ronnie Brown went like two picks after each other in the top five, bro. I was like, dang. I was like, that's good right there. That's a running back production, bro. Have two people on the same team. Going in the top five, bro, I was like, yo, I mean, days of like, uh, gosh, man, you had all kind of dudes, man. I mean, even though Kijana Carter really didn't have a career, but he was like first overall, bro, at running back. You know what I'm saying? So that lets you know that you needed a guy like that. You know what I'm saying? Even our childhoods, man. Hmm? You had guys like McFadden and Peterson and all these other guys going in the drafts. Like, bro, like you had some great Ezra James, bro. He was a top, like top ten, top five pick. You know, Ricky Williams. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Even though that draft took the the draft story took more than what we would talk about, but still, yep. he was a player that you would really trade up to get. Now, I wouldn't trade yep. as much, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't trade as much, but I can understand why you would pick a guy like that. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, LaDainian Thompson was a top five pick. I mean, like the running back position, like if you get a guy like that that can carry the load like that, I think it's a really good thing, man. I feel like it's it needs to go back to that because mm. I feel like when you are running back by committee is cool if you're like the Patriots, right? Because the Patriots running backs all had different skill sets. You know, yeah. um, uh, did y'all have Sony Michelle? Did y'all have Sony Michelle? Yeah. We're so the ones that draft. Yeah. So Sony Michelle was kind of your downhill guy. You know, Damian Harris was kind of your change of pace guy. You know what I'm saying? But James White was good at everything. 
you could line him up at receiver. He could be a slot guy. You know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. and then, I mean, your guy that had like 200 yards and then got benched, uh, Jonas Gray or something like that. Like, yep. he, he was good too. So, you had way different weapons to use, right? Like, that works for a team like that. You know what I'm saying? That you just need a guy that's people that's good at doing their jobs, right? But if you're a team like the Saints and you have a guy like Alvin Kamara, there's no need to go running back by committee. He can mm -hmm. do it all. Just feed him. Feed him. Like, feed him. Don't matter, don't matter what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then you got teams like the 49ers who are kind of, you know, similar yeah. to what you guys do all the time. You know, running back by committee. That works for them because their system is kind of built on the run. And, you know, jet sweeps. You got a receiver that plays running back sometimes, too. So you can have different guys because they do that. But if you don't have the luxury to get valuable guys, not just running backs, but guys that can affect the game in all phases, like, you don't really need to do that. You just need one guy to really get the job done for you. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. I just feel like it needs to go back to that, man. But then again, man, colleges are doing it, too. You know what I'm saying? But I fully expect Blake Corum to be one of those guys, though. Like, he just has, mm -hmm. like, a – he has a suddenness to him. Like, and he's kind of like, like a, a low center of gravity in a sense. Like, because he can just stop on a dime and just let his blockers do the thing. He's not, like, overly aggressive with it. So, like, bro, it, it was good to just kind of see him play the game that he wanted to. And it seemed like he was just at his own pace the whole game. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't breaking no big games or nothing. Three yards here, you know, four yards here. But then it's like the second half, like, seemed like he was just pacing itself. And then as soon as the fourth quarter started, he started like, boom, boom, boom. He started hitting some four, some five, some sixes. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like he got, like, stronger as the game went on. So whatever team he goes to, they're getting a guy. You know what I'm saying? So... We'll see, man. I don't know. But I think that'll be a really good segment for us, man. Um, going into the NFL draft, man. So uh, but like I said, we'll be shift focused to uh NFL talk, man. So um man, we have man. Some, we have some stuff to talk about, man. So uh yeah. like I said, week seventeen was uh was pretty interesting, man, um uh, to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> so um uh, so I'm gonna start with 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 my elephant in the room, right? So I told everybody knows if you watch this already that I'm a Ravens fan, right? So my Ravens decided to destroy my Super Bowl pick, right? So I think I deserve the right to pick to change my Super Bowl team, bro. I think I deserve the right to man. Only because your Super Bowl pick has been destroyed. <laughs> okay. So technically, both of our Super Bowl picks have been destroyed. Now, my NFC is eh, sort of trending downward. But it's still a possibility if they figure it out. But I really want I really want uh my Ravens to get the Super Bowl, man. I feel like it's 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 time, bro. Like, this season looks really good for them, man. Like I said, man, um, like I said, I've always been a Ravens fan. Let's just say that first and foremost. But, man, the show that they put on against Miami, bro, Jesus. What? 56 points. 
bro, 56. And then this is what this is the stuff I like, right? I'm looking at the box score right now. So it's 28 to 13 at halftime, right? They score 28 more points in the second half. They, they just kept scoring, bro. They didn't I got sit on, on my team, bro. <laughs> they they didn't sit on the lead at all. But you know what is way better the the part that I liked about this game the most is the fact that the defense only gave up 6 points in the second half. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, I told, like I said, if you watch this program, I told everybody that the Ravens have a Super Bowl defense. Like, you, you know a Super Bowl defense when you when you see one. Like, a defense that can play third downs very well. You know, play the ability to stop the run, stop the pass, can be able to morph how the offense is attacking them. You know what I'm saying? Like, and having people that make differences all over the field, you know what I'm saying? That's the Super Bowl defense to me. If you can lose a couple guys and then plug and play, right? Because Marlon Humphrey wasn't playing early this year, but now he's back. Now the defense looks even better, you know what I'm saying? So this team looks good, man. I told you, the Super the, for the Ravens to win the Super Bowl when we started talking about this, they needed Lamar Jackson needed to do two things. He needed to trust his passing ability because he's good at it. He don't have to do all. He don't have to do too much. He know he's good at it. Just he can throw. He know how to check it down. He knows how to do all of that. And he had to cut down on the turnovers because that was really what was hurting us. You know what I'm saying? You know, trying to do too much when you really don't have to. Just take what's there and go from there. You know what I'm saying? Your defense is really good. So you don't have to just don't lose the game. You know what I'm saying? Make your plays. Do what Lamar does, but cut down on the turnovers. And just trust your receivers because you got some now. Like, people want to say, oh, man, you can't pass, bro. But being a Ravens fan, I knew how Marquise Brown dropped hella touchdown passes, bro. Hella touchdown passes, bro. So I'm like, yo. He looks good, man. So, like I said, man, the, the like I said, I want us to win the Super Bowl, man, just because I want to just end all this Lamar Jackson can't win stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because if he gets it, if he gets a Super Bowl, he's up there in the top five of quarterbacks, man. It changes the whole argument because I feel like everybody looks at, you know, the Josh Allens of the world. The Patrick Mahomes is in the world. The Joe Burrows, you know what I'm saying? All those guys that, that you know, win games. Like, him winning the Super Bowl would change all of that. You know what I'm saying? And it would be good for, you know, quarterbacks of a similar skill set. You know what I'm saying? I think people, you know, we talked about we talked about Jalen Milrow, right, um, throughout this whole thing. A guy like that, if, if Lamar wins the Super Bowl, Teams might be more willing to draft a guy like that because you know they can uh you know they can win. It's showing you can win with it. You know what I'm saying? For the for the longest time, people haven't been able to win like that. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's really broke that that ceiling on the the mobile quarterback winning you a Super Bowl. 
You know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. Russell Wilson won the Super Bowl, but it was not the same thing. We're talking about being using your mobility as like your offensive weapon. You know what I'm saying? Everybody you think kind of fell short. Randall Cunningham, you know, uh, Steve McNair. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Dante Culpepper to a certain extent. You know what I'm saying? Cam Newton. Cam Newton, Michael Vick. All these guys fell short at a certain point of winning a Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Outstanding players, but haven't broke through the ceiling of winning a Super Bowl. So I feel like if Lamar does do that, that changes everything for the future of the mobile quarterback. And that goes for and that goes for not just the black guys. We're talking about the white guys too. Because there's some dudes out, there's some white dudes out there that can scoop and throw. So, like, look, if Lamar wins, it's like, yo, we need something like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I expect him to change everything if he can get it done, man. So like I said, man, um like I said, I, I want to see this AFC championship game though. Like I really mm-hmm. want to see it. Like this is the matchup I want to see. I don't. I don't want to see any other AFC championship matchup, but this one because uh, Miami's been a thorn in our side anyway. Because you know they're just so damn fast. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying. Like they got crazy speed everywhere. So I really want to see this matchup, man. But my Ravens are 13 and three. Um, probably I don't know if they locked up the first round by, but pretty pretty. Sure, they would probably do it. You know what I'm saying, and I would be not so. I wouldn't be so sure to say that Lamar won MVP yesterday. So I really think so. You know what I'm saying. I think it'd be him and um, uh, CMC. Yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. I think so. So, but uh, like I said, dog, I don't know. But this look good, man. Look real good. <laughs> Real good. I like it. I like it. So like I said, I'm a uh I'm a stand on my Super Bowl pick though, because I made the pick. So I'm gonna make make my bed and sleep in it. But the Ravens fan in me is rooting for the Ravens. <laughs> so I'm excited, man. Um like I said, so we can get into some other games, man, uh, this past week. Because it feels like this week was weird, wasn't it? Like, no, they had some good games. They got yeah, definitely like, some stuff to talk about. Teams that, teams that should have won didn't win. And I've got a few games that I feel like we need to touch base on. Bro, hold up. Before you get in there, man, I see the score of the Bills game, right, against the Patriots, bro. Like, dude, whoever y'all get to coach y'all team, is good, bro. Oh my god, the team that y'all have is not this bad. Like, it's not, dude. Like, bro, I'm telling you, your team is not bad, bro. I, I hearing things like uh Brian Flores being your coach, and I'm hearing things like they might go after Josh McDaniels. I'm like, kill no, kill the Belichick tree. Right now, it stops right now. Don't hire nobody from history no more. We can't do it. Leave it alone. I would hire someone else, man. Somebody else. Like, but 
one thing, one takeaway, and then we'll get into the games that you want to do. But I saw the score, and I was like, bro, they've really been good in a lot of games this year. And just inept play calling and things like that just really messed them up. One thing, Mac Jones will be the starter next year. Don't care about it at all. Because you bring in Zap, Zappy, Zap, Zappy. That's his name, Zappy, Zappy. Is yeah. it Zappy or Zap? Zappy. Okay, okay. Dude, he's not the answer, bro. I'm sorry. The three interceptions he threw probably cost y'all the game. So, no, he's not the answer. So, I'm good. I'm good on that experiment. I'm sorry. He's not going to pull a Tom Brady over Bledsoe. He's not doing it. <laughs> Yugi just needs somebody to help Mac Jones succeed because the defense is good. To hold this team to 27 points and they have weapons galore. I'm talking about James Cook. I'm talking about um, Stephon Diggs. All these guys they have on offense, man. To hold them to 27 points shows that defensively, y'all got some studs on there. So I'm good on that. So that's all I really wanted to say, man, because I seen that score and it blew my mind. So I, I'm I'm just hey, y'all need a quarterback, bro. That's it. That's all we not need. A quarterback, not a quarterback. But no. huh? No, not a quarterback. Not a quarterback. It's time, bro. Nah, man, not a quarterback. But y'all need a y'all need a guy that knows how to coach offense a little bit. Because I don't know what is going on with Bill Belichick and why Matt Patricia, who's a defensive guy, is calling plays. And He's Bill, not calling plays, man. No, no, no. But I'm saying, though, like he was, though. Last year. Last year. Yeah. But I'm saying, though, like situations like that, why is that even yeah. Why is that even? I agree. Thing? I agree. You know, but I just yeah. – I, I agree with that perspective. But I'm just – I've been a Patriots fan for like the last 20 years. So I've gotten to see the peak and the pinnacle. I've gotten to see the intermediate and I've gotten to see the bottom and no disrespect to Alabama quarterbacks. No disrespect to Mike Jones. He's not the guy. I think you bring him in next year to compete. I think you draft a guy and you just see what happens. I think you get, I mean, if Bill's really gone, you get a fresh face in there. Someone that can actually do the job. And we just see what happens, man. Uh, defensively, you're really good. All you need is some competency on offensive play calling and a guy running the ship and maybe a first face at quarterback. And that's all you need. That's really, realistically, I think all they need. Because the organization, great organization, great culture, culture of winning, got six Super Bowls, like, is there. Now, what are you going to do with it now? Yeah. I mean, look, to be honest with you, the what's funny about this whole scenario, right, is this played out in, like, an NFL Madden franchise for me. Like, after, like, Brady left, the Patriots was drafting in the top five for, like, the next two or three seasons, you know? And then they finally got a guy, and then it changed for them. But... Like, I was like, bro, this feels like a franchise for me. Like, I was like, yo, the Patriots really was losing like this before. And I was like, damn, why? And then they get a guy, change coaches, and they back to winning again. And I was like, okay, cool, mm-hmm. cool, cool. So, but uh, what games you want to talk about from uh, from last week, man? Yes, yeah, so you're talking about Super Bowl pick. Let's talk about your uh... – your uh, supposed uh, NFC representative, uh, 
they're on a downward spiral. I'm sorry. Like, they didn't lose a blowout game, but there is no excuse that you lose to an Arizona Cardinals team. That obviously, they got Kyle, Kyler Murray back. That's a very good situation for them. There's no excuse that you're giving up 35 points to them. Uh, Jalen Hurts didn't throw for a lot of yards. He got the ball in the end zone three times, turned the ball over. But I'm going to go back to the same thing that I've been going back to. They cannot run the football at all. They can't. I'm sorry. No disrespect. I've got DeAndre Swift on my fantasy team. And if it wasn't for Lamar Jackson, and if it wasn't for another team on this we're going to talk about, I would have lost. Because DeAndre Swift couldn't get anything going. 13 carries, 61 yards. Uh, obviously, defensively, you shouldn't be giving up this many points. But Kyler Murray's an electric quarterback, man. And, I mean, he's got something to prove. He's trying to prove that he can be worth the money that he's getting paid, whether it being in Arizona or somewhere else. Uh, I'm sorry. If you're supposed to be the NFC favorite, there's no way in hell that this should even be up for debate. Uh, you dropped 31 points, and it was not enough because you gave up 35. Uh, dude, I mean, I don't know what else to say at this point, man. They're sitting at 11 and 5. And the question for who's going to be the number one seed in the NFC is still up for debate. It's still up for grabs, which let's just say week three or four or even week eight to ten, neither one of us would have said that this would even be up for question. We would have picked Philadelphia to be the, the clear-cut favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, the 49ers had dropped a few games, so we were starting to slide on that. But I, I've definitely got the 49ers as a more complete and cohesive unit right now. I am not sold on anything the Eagles can do on offense or defense right now. This is scary. This yeah. is very scary. Nick Sirianni needs to figure out what the hell they're doing because right now this team doesn't even look like he can make it out the wild card round. Yeah, no disrespect, but this is very alarming. Good for the Cardinals getting their fourth win on the year, but from an Eagles perspective, this is very, very eerie and very disturbing to see you losing this game the way you did. Yeah, I agree, bro. I'm looking at the, the game right now, right? So, like I said, you you look at – all right, so you look at the uh, the box score because really, like, I pay attention to the box score a lot because mm-hmm. that's kind of like the flow of the game. I can see it without even kind of looking at it, right? Uh, So when I look at the box score, it looks like a team, like at the end of the the first half, we're talking 21 to 6. So this game stinks of a team that thought this game was over at halftime because they're, what, before this game, 3 and 12. So I felt like the Eagles thought they had this game and then the the Cardinals just said, look, we're not making the playoffs anyway, and we're just going to play. We're just going to put them out here and just play our game. And whatever they did worked because the Eagles just didn't do nothing. Like, it felt like from, from what this is telling me, the Cardinals came out here and played their tails off on defense, and offense uh, in the second half because, I mean, they score, what is that, uh, 29 points in the in the second half, you know? So, like, and the Eagles scored 10 all second half. So this just thinks of a team that thought they had the game won at halftime and was completely blitzed after that. 
and it just couldn't stop the bleeding. You know what I'm saying? And it, it's more, it's more of for me, the concern for the Eagles is not um offensively because they put up 31 today or mm -hmm. yesterday. Um, but it looks like defensively, which I which I was saying, which I thought was gonna be the thing that put them in the Super Bowl is just failing them. Whether it be, I mean, I, I can just look at the team stats. Like, there's no reason why, you know, the the the, the Cardinals should have 32 first downs. You know what I'm saying? Not with that defense. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and then I'm looking at the grand scheme of things. The problem is the Russian defense. That's the biggest issue right now because you can beat somebody that passes for 228 yards in a game, right? If that's yeah. all they're going to get, you can beat them. But on the flip side, you give up 221 on the ground. Like, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. That crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, like, and then I look at, and then what makes this even more cringy is the fact that they lost at home. Like they lost this game at home, man. Like that's the that's the craziest thing right now. Like I mean, you can go to a couple things, man. One, like their their team is not getting off the field on third downs. Like then you got the Russian problem, Russian defense problem. Like that's an issue. There's no reason why the Cardinals should do this to you. Like, but then again. Every loss they've had so far this season has been, you know, their defense. I mean, the 49ers beat them bad, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> the Browns beat them, I believe. So, I mean, the Cowboys beat you, you know what I'm saying? And that really wasn't that close, to be honest with you. So, you look at a game like this, like it's really some questions you need to ask ask yourself, man, on defense as well. Like, what are they gonna do defensively to stop the bleeding? You know what I'm saying? Like, cause offensively they really didn't do they didn't do too bad. I mean, obviously you got outgained by a whole lot, uh, but I mean, like defensively that's an issue for me, man. Like, and then one thing before we move on, man, is time of possession. Like, when you look at this game, the the Cardinals held the ball for almost 40 minutes of this game. So they controlled the tempo. 39 minutes and 39 seconds. Compared to how much time did the uh, Eagles have? And the Eagles had the ball for 20 minutes and 20 seconds. That that that'll lose you a game, bro. bro For sure. Like, that's that's crazy differential, man. And no. crazy. And what's crazy is I actually thought the Eagles would be that team that would kind of wear on you. Like ugly the game up, you know what I'm saying? Some passes here, some comfortable passes for Jalen Hurts, because obviously he's still growing as a passer. Uh, but comfortable in the flow of the offense, but a power team nonetheless. Like, we got a big, strong quarterback, so he can take some hits in the run game, right? So we're going to mix it up with uh, between Hurts, Swift, uh, I forgot the other backup running back name, but 
but uh, mix it up between them and their time possession would look like this more more nights than anything. And the fact that they have this crazy um, uh, one uh, third and one or fourth and one play that they work that it, it works wonders. They almost never miss out on a fourth and one or third and one when they really need it. So the fact is they'll always be able to move the ball. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that they have th 20 minutes of total possession, like that just screams issues to me, man, that you're not doing what you need to do. And remember mm -hmm. like last last week or a couple weeks ago when I said that uh, Jalen Hurts doesn't, he shouldn't pass the ball more than 25 times a game. Well, he didn't. And they still lost. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So, I mean, and he didn't have a terrible game either. You know what I'm saying? He got like one turnover. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, so, I don't know, man. I don't know how you fix this team. But they're, like you said before you started, they're in shambles, man. And it's not looking good. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know what to what to really make of the Eagles, man. But my Super Bowl pick is crumbling right before my eyes, man. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. Now, one of my Super Bowl picks, I'm hoping crumbles because obviously I want my team to win. But uh, on the other side, I'm not getting that matchup that I was hoping for, man. Because I don't even think the 49ers. I don't even think that's gonna be a game for real. I don't think the Eagles make it that far anymore. I'm not, I'm thinking yeah, I'm the NFC's got more good teams than just like they got four at least four good teams that can make a run out of the NFC for sure. Yeah, I agree. So I mean, I don't know, man. And then you still gotta you still gotta play the the winner of the NFC South, whoever that is. You know what I'm saying? Like like who says like who says that team's not that good? Whoever it is, you know. So, mm -hmm. you know. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I, I, I lost the Eagles really messed me up with that one, man. So maybe that's a lot of people up with that one, honestly. So for sure. Yeah. So uh, you got another game you want to get into before we get into right. last week? Uh, I think we can get. I think we can get into Week 18 because they got some pretty interesting matchups, to say the least, in Week 18. Okay. No. 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 Man. That's cool. 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 All right. So. Um. I take uh I take well hold up before we get into that man let's talk about the standings man before we get into yep. that, let's let's see exactly what we're working with coming into this last week so um if we look in that so I believe the Chiefs clinched their division so that's over with um I don't know if the Dolphins did theirs either. Uh, well, they have a game this week between them two that could be the deciding factor. They got to play each other this week, Miami and Buffalo, which is a high-stakes game for sure. Okay. All right, so let me pull up this uh, the playoff picture, man, because that, that'll make it easier to talk about, right, and scenarios and such things like that. So let's see. <laughs> Let's see. All right. You're looking at the AFC or the NFC? Uh, I was just looking at the playoff uh, picture, bro. I wasn't even, it wasn't even specific. I was just kind of so, looking it up, trying to see uh, what the deal is. Okay. So, um, 
All right, so it's saying it's like three playoff spots available, right? So the AFC and the AFC side of things, the Ravens have clinched a playoff spot. The Dolphins, Chiefs, and Browns have all clinched playoff spots. So the teams that are left are the Jaguars, Bills, Colts, and the Texans and the Steelers are all in the hunt. So Mm -hmm. with – the I expect the uh I expect the Bills to make it. That means they gotta win this week then. Yeah, I expect them to make it, but I also expect the Dolphins to be in there as well. Yeah. Well they'll actually, both be actually the Dolphins are already in there. I take that back. The That's Dolphins, what I'm saying. Buffalo yeah, just needs to get a dub just to solidify their spot because yeah. Jacksonville yeah. and India are both at nine and seven. Yeah. Um Jeez. But it's looking like Buffalo's got a guaranteed path to the playoffs. It's just the other spots. Yeah, and the uh, – gosh, I would love to know what the scenario is for the Steelers to get in. That sure, would, I'm pretty sure they need a lot of dominoes to fall for them to yeah, squeak in. Yeah, that would be wild. So, I'm like, I want to know what the scenario is for them. Houston's got a better chance. Houston's percentage-wise has a better chance than uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Damn, I didn't expect the NFC. I did not expect the NFC to look like this. No, not at all, man. Not at all. Like, wow. I mean, look at Dallas, dude. Dallas is on top of the NFC East right now because they've got the, I think they've got the win advantage over Philly. Okay. So looking at the NFC, right? The NFC, you know, 49ers, the Cowboys, Lions, Philly, and the Rams. I've all clinched the spot. So it's only two mm-hmm. spots left. So <clears throat> so the winner of the NFC South is going to be in there regardless. So technically, you know, that's only one spot yeah. left. The Saints, the Saints need to win their game and Tampa needs to lose their game for them to get in. So I'm assuming Tampa just needs to win their game and they're automatically in, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And then that leaves the at least Packers. the the the, uh, the NFC North, whoever mm-hmm. that would be the next team, because I don't think I don't I don't even know how the Falcons would make it at this point. I don't they know how the Vikings. Would they got a ten percent chance. Dude. Yeah, so that's some crazy stuff right now. You know, looking like it might probably be either the other two teams will probably be between like Green Bay and Seattle, but I'm. Feeling like Green Bay is probably going to find a way in there. Yeah, and that's a team that's actually pretty sneaky, man. Like, you know, they're pretty sneaky. They're not a, they're not a, a easy out for anybody. The Bucks aren't either, honestly. Like they aren't either because they kind of they're hit. giving me uh they're giving me OG Seattle Seahawks vibes. Yeah, they're just like a scrappy team. You know, if they're mm-hmm. late in the game, I feel like they can get you. You know. Like, so I don't really, I don't know. Um, but that, that playoff, that scenario is really interesting. I didn't even know the Rams had clinched it, honestly. I didn't know either. I didn't see that coming, to be honest yeah, with you. I didn't either. I think we picked them to be, like, at the bottom of the little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we picked them in third, I think. We picked them. No, so I'm man, pretty sure we picked San Fran and Seattle. I don't think I picked them to be last over uh, Arizona. I, I think we both said Arizona was going to be at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, we were kind of right about that one. 
<laughs> yeah, right about that one for sure, man. But I think if we had to revisit all our picks, I really think we picked the 49ers to be in. I really think that we I think we picked the Cowboys to sneak in there as a wild card. So yeah, we had the Eagles to win the division. For the Eagles to win the division. So both yeah, Detroit win the north. We picked Detroit. And I felt like the Rams, the, well, I feel like, well, I don't think we picked the Rams to mm -hmm. be in there. Uh, I pick, I know we picked the Saints to be in there. Yeah, we picked the Saints out of the South. Yeah, because we felt like that they had the best quarterback of everybody. Oh. Yeah, so not good. I feel like Colin, I feel like Colin Coward. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, bro, like, I, I didn't think that at all, man. Uh, everything else is kind of chalk. We pretty much knew the Bears weren't going to make it. Uh, mm -hmm. We pretty much knew that, well, we were actually kind of high on the Giants, weren't we? Just a little. Well, because you got to think, Dayball had got some really good play out of Daniel Jones last year. I think our biggest thing was, can he continue to build on that? And then Saquon's durability and everything was kind of up in the air, too. But now, a lot of that then went completely out the window. We haven't talked about the Giants at all this season. Nope, not at all. At all. So, well, we'll do a kind of a revisit, you know, uh, when we get into, like, the playoff bracket and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah. getting into uh, getting into week 18, you know, can't believe we are, we are here, man. We're the last part of the thing, man. So, like I say, even though, you know, Alabama took, took that loss today, I still got my Ravens, man. Like we ain't a basketball podcast, so I'm not happy about my Lakers either. So don't really have that. So I've been pretty bad on this sports year so far, man. My Cardinals sucked in baseball. The Blues sucked in hockey. Uh, let's see. The Lakers won an in-season tournament. Yay. Uh, Alabama lost. So... My Ravens are my you only looking hope. too good right now. <laughs> my Ravens are my only hope. We both had our struggles, so I, I yeah, understand. Man. Yeah, man. I don't know who you <laughs> like in basketball, but I'm pretty sure you're probably more happy than I am with my Lakers right now. <laughs> unless, unless you like the Detroit Pistons, and I got you. Beat. No, no, no. <laughs> they're like they're like they're like Charlotte Bobcats, bad. <laughs> Bro, your best like I know it's not a basketball podcast, but I gotta put this out there. Your best player demanded a trade because y'all lost twenty eight games in a row. It's understandable, man. Bro, come on, man! Like yo, yo, yo! I can't, I can't fathom that, dog. Twenty eight games in a row, like all the plane trips, all the like, like how do you, how would you feel losing twenty eight games in a row, bro? Like, Not every game happened. after that first loss, you're like, oh, well, we'll get them next week. Like, 28 of those? <laughs> you stop saying week. you get them next week after, like, 20. I think after 10, you're like, all right, well, what are we doing wrong <laughs> at 10? <laughs> Yo, gosh, man. Like, I don't know how those teams in the NFL that went winless, I don't know how that works. Like, how do you – that could be that could be a discussion. Me and you could have a whole video about. Honestly, that's probably not a very bad idea. Something to talk about one day because there are definitely some scenarios we could get into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, getting into uh, we'll close it. We'll close it on on our uh, on our preview, man. 
so let's get into this this week eighteen, man, because we got some good games, man. Some really good games, man. We could talk for for hours, man. <laughs> we could talk about football for hours. I think we need to do a live stream for real. We need to really do a live. I don't love people want to hear us talk about football that long because we we talk about it all day. Yeah, but <laughs> you know what? We could do like a. Uh, I seen a guy on uh on Twitch. He did like a twenty four hour stream. I was like, yeah. how could you do that? You know, uh, but, I don't know if I'm built like that. <laughs> nah, man, not anymore. It's been a while since I've been out in the military, so I ain't doing no twenty four right. hour shifts. I'm good. <laughs> you right? Yeah, I, I'm good. I I can't do it no more, man. I don't even know if I can drink no energy drinks to prepare me for that. <laughs> like, bro, my eyes are hurt. <laughs> all, right. all right, so I guess I'll start with my Ravens going against the Steelers. I mean, uh, pretty good game. Uh, it's at home, so um, I I don't know. I mean, it's a headline right here, like posted a couple hours ago from uh, Yahoo Sports that says uh, that John Harbaugh doesn't even know if he's gonna play the starters in this game. You know, what I'm saying with. You know, which is I, I really don't. You know, I, I wouldn't really care about that, honestly. Honestly, I'd be like, hey, you, cool. got the, you got home field advantage, huh? Yeah, already. So, um, oh, well, then you you could pretty much do like what the Saints did when they won the Super Bowl. I mean, they rested on the last game or two because they knew they had the number one seed locked up. I mean, yeah. So I, I don't I don't really know how I feel about that because I'm still kind of old school with it. You know, I really just you want to play, keep sharp. You know what I'm saying? Because when you have like uh, that buy, that first round buy in the playoffs, man, like technically sitting your starters out kind of be a detriment to you in the long yeah. run because technically yeah. you're sitting out for like two weeks. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. But uh, like I said, I wouldn't be opposed to it or for it anyways. You know what I'm saying? So either way, I'm kind of split in between on that one. But I mean, for the Steelers, it's a more important game for them. And it is for us anyway because they're trying to make the playoff and everything. So they would have to win this game to even be in consideration for a playoff spot. So, and you know, I don't like the Steelers at all, but I like their franchise though. You know what I'm saying? Like I like their organization. Like so, the fact that you know they had three coaches in the last like 50, 60, maybe even seventy years, like that's pretty. That's consistent to me. You know what I'm saying? So many coaches have been fired. By other teams, I mean, they're on their third coach in the last 60 years. Like, you know, the Packers are on their, like, 25th coach in their history. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm like, bro, that's wild to me. But I kind of want Tomlin to make the playoffs, man, because, like, I don't know. I just like him in the playoffs because he keeps winning. So, he ain't won a Super Bowl in a while, of course. But, man, so what? He's in the playoffs. So, like, if he can keep getting in the playoffs, I think it might make more people, you know, willing to wait, you know what I'm saying, mm. rather than just pull the plug. So, I don't know. I'm just thinking bigger picture. But, like I said, I think – I don't know. It depends on the starters play. Because I don't really know. If they play, then I pick the Ravens to win. But if they don't, then I'm not really that big a deal over it for real. I'm not really that big deal. So, I don't know. But we're in the playoffs, so that's all that matters to me. So, I don't know. I can't really pick the game because I don't really know what's going to happen. You know, <laughs> I don't know who's playing. Uh, but mm. 
Like I said, I think it's be a fun game. I mean, those games are always fun anyway because it's a robbery game. So, uh, but uh, let's see, man. Uh, I want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about the. the I want to talk about the Broncos and Raiders, man. I, I, it's not like a big important game, uh, but it's it's an important game for the off season, in mm -hmm. my opinion. So the bigger scope of this game to me is one, Russell Wilson. Obviously, you know, we haven't really touched on it for real. Uh, because you know, it really it really sucks, you know, because how how it went. But at the same time, man, Russ has been really bad. So I mean, hey, what can you really say? You know what I'm saying? About that anyway. Like to get the money that he's making and be playing this bad. I, I'm okay with, with Sean Payton benching him, right? But what I'm not okay with is just how it went. You know what I'm saying? It could have been handled a yeah. different way. So yeah. the the decision was was fine. It's just how it went, you know. Uh, but for the Raiders, man, I mean, they took a close loss to, uh, I think, the Jaguars, wasn't it? I think it was the Jaguars. I think they played the Jaguars. I'm not really mm -hmm. sure who they played the last game they played. They lost to the Colts by three. There we go. There we go. So I know it was a close loss. So I don't know what it is, but this game is uh, like a foreshadowing for the future on what direction you want to go in. But if you're the Raiders, you know what I'm saying, maybe you have your coach right now. You know what I'm saying? Or do you want to entertain, uh, you know, the John Harbaugh's of the – you know, or the Jim Harbaugh, I mean, you want to entertain him because if he wins the national championship, he's done with Michigan. Done. Like, he's not coming back. You know what I'm saying? So, you obviously know he wants to go to the NFL. So, it could be an interesting opportunity there. You know what I'm saying? He's a really, like, it's not the same as Antonio Pierce, his, you know, effect on the locker room. But Jim, Jim, Jim Harbaugh is a football guy. Like, I don't think you have anything to worry about. Like, if you if they were to hire Jim Harbaugh, I would be okay with that because he's a proven winner, and I think the players would love him because he's just a ball. He don't really care about none of that riffraff, all of that. He's not trying to change the culture for real. He might actually enjoy the Raiders culture right now, you know, so he's just that guy, you know what I'm saying, the same guy that was – uh, did a sleepover with a recruit. <laughs> as crazy as that sounds, he really did a sleepover with a recruit. So I think he's cool in my book, man. Like, I, I don't really get into the whole cheating scandal, man, because, dude, people still sign. You know what I'm saying? It's not a baseball show, but I really didn't care about the, the Astros stealing signs, bro. I mean, everybody does it. You know what I'm saying? Everybody does it in every sport. Everybody does. So it's not really a big deal. So I don't really think none of that tarnishes the coach he really is. But if we're getting into the Broncos, right? Um, Russell Wilson has a clause in his contract that says that if he's on the roster and passes a physical March 1st, all of his money is guaranteed at that point. Mm -hmm. So my question is, if you're Sean Payton, and you know what you got to deal with coming back next season. You kind of nipped it in the bud with all of his extracurricular shenanigans, no offices and all of that. 
But can you really, can you win? You know, because believe it or not, when this season started, they was like one in five, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It was really bad. But they turned it around in the middle half of the season and was like 500, you know. So the talent is there. I just don't know what you want to do, you know. I don't think he's – I don't think that's Sean Payton's guy. I don't either. I don't even think it's management's job or QB choice because no. technically he was brought in by the last ownership. So exactly. in the way the way that, that Uncle Shannon Sharp is talking, everybody's not happy about this. You know what I'm saying? One, his play, the contract he got, which is not showing up on the, the play. Uh I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I just I don't know, man. Like could you cause you can't because you can't trade him. He doesn't have any trade value. Nobody's gonna take on a big contract with that much guaranteed money if they know they're not going to get a return for it. So if the Broncos are smart, which I think they are now compared to where they had them, they're going to find a way to finagle these numbers. And then nine times out of ten, probably going to cut him because they want to get out of that guaranteed money. They don't want to get stuck with so much dead money to where they can't manage the salary cap the way they want to. I mean, you might find someone who wants to bite on that. But, dude, the chances of you getting somebody – okay, you could find a trade partner. Hypothetically speaking, you can find someone who buys on a trade, but who is going to be a trade partner with the Denver Broncos with that contract, all that guaranteed money? You can make a trade, but you're not going to get half of what you freaking want out of it. You might get some late-round picks, maybe a couple filler players. You're not going to get your return on that. So the question is, do I just make a bogus trade and get him off my books? Or do I just find a way to eat some money and just cut him all together? Because I don't see any scenario where he's on this roster next year. Yeah, I'll give him credit. He he played better down the stretch. But like you said, like I said, no disrespect to Russ. I don't know what's going on with him personally, mentally. His play on the field is lacking. I don't think he's the answer for them. I don't think he's Sean Payton's guy. And if you're not Sean Payton's guy and Sean Payton's running the show, you're going to be out of town and he's going to find who he needs. I'll uh, Drew Brees when nobody wanted to give him a chance. He knew he needed somebody that's going to fit his system and play the way he wanted to play. He's going to do the exact same thing here, whether it be the draft, trading, free agency, whatever the case may be. I tell you, I tell you, I think they could, they have an opportunity to move up though. So, they kind of gave up a lot to get Russ. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. think they, they traded a couple of first rounders to get him and then he signed with them. So if you package a deal and give one of the top teams in the draft, Russell Wilson, Jerry Judy, and Garrett Bolts, their left tackle. If you can put all three of them in a deal to move up to get another quarterback, I think you entertain. Yeah, yeah only, you just got to throw some picks in there too, for sure. Yeah, I mean, but not even the picks. That, that's fine. You can throw picks in there, but I'm just worried about the the three a three team not three team but a three player deal between Russ, Jerry, Judy, and Garrett Bowles. I think 
if you could do that, I think it could work. I think it could because if you're a team moving up that would need a, a receiver that I think just needs a better quarterback, to be honest with you, I think Jerry Judy's really good. And I'm not being biased because he went to Bama, but I think he's really good. I just think everything that's happened with them has kind of hurt his, his morale a little bit. Because it's hard to go from – now, you expect it. You expect to to go to a bad team when you're really good, right? But at the same time, I just think that them losing so much, you know what I'm saying, like losing so much early, it has an effect on people, you know, that win national championships in, in college, you know? Like, if you're not used to losing, it really kind of can make you kind of bad, feel bad sometimes, you know? Like, dude, I don't know how to do it. Some people just don't handle it well. And I feel like that's kind of what has happened to Jerry Judy. Like, he has, hasn't handled it as well as he should have. Um, but I feel like if they want to move on, I feel like putting him in a package deal, you, you get rid of Russ, his contract, maybe split it in half or y'all take more or whatever. And then you package Judy. That gives that team a number one receiver if they don't already have one. Um, they have Russ, who still has value. He's not terrible. And then you get Garrett Bowles, who's a left tackle. He's still kind of young, too, I think. So you you got those things. I think you can, you can do a rebuild like that, sort of. You know what I'm saying? Now, granted, you might just want to say, nah, and draft your own guy. But I think... If you're a team in the top five, you can entertain that. Top ten, you can yeah. entertain that. Yeah, I a, guess it depends on the organization. It's a really good quarterbacks, man, in this draft, man, that you can really help your team. You know, you got Michael Penix. You got uh, Caleb Williams. You got a Drake May. And you got a Jaden Daniels. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, then I don't know uh, what Cam Ward's draft stock is, but you could – Sneak him in there, maybe in the first round, if somebody really likes what they see in him, he could sneak in there as well. So you got five options, man. And it's remember that list I sent you of teams that that need a quarterback. That's more than five teams on that list, bro. So you know, hey, I don't know, but I think this game between the Raiders and them is a foreshadowing one for the future, man. I know they're I both blended. Yeah, quarterback. No, I went long-winded, but that's one game that I'm really interested in seeing how it flows. Because obviously Russ is benched, so he's not playing. But for the Raiders, on the other hand, like, you know, hey, what are we going to do? You know what I'm saying? Because the losses that they've had since they switched coaches ha haven't been that big. You know? So, yeah, you could tank and then draft the guy. But the team isn't that bad, though. That's the thing. Like, the team's not terrible, man. So, a quarterback change may be good, man. And the way that the Raiders play, I wouldn't be surprised if they go after Michael Penix or Jaden Day. I wouldn't be surprised. Depending on how Especially not Jaden Daniels. I don't feel like teams love him as much as they should. There's a lot of talk of him climbing up to maybe be QB two. Like he's, they might think he might be a top five pick, depending on how everything falls. Yeah, I've been hearing that too, man. But I still don't think that they love him that much. 
I just don't think so. I don't think the love is there yet. I think people are in love with the fact that he won the Heisman, but not his actual skill set. I think it's going to come down to the combine, too, and the pro days and how everything shakes out with that. And that's going to kind of see, okay, like, this style play fits with our system, doesn't really fit with what we want to do. Like, I I could really see it going any kind of way. Because it, it, this is my thing. You haven't been having as much talk about Caleb Williams. I know we're kind of getting off the thing, but, like, now there's a lot of talk that he might not be the consensus number one pick, depending on who gets that pick or who's moving up. And that could throw everything into limbo because then we really don't know what to expect because let's say he doesn't go number one. Let's say under some crazy circumstance, let's say I don't know who's got the first pick. Let's say they take Jaden Daniels number one overall. Not saying it's going to happen. Don't think it's going to happen. They take him first overall. That throws everything out the window. Because now it's like, oh, man, first team passes on. What happens if another team passes on? Now you're having a much different conversation with Bam. Like, do we really want to take this guy? We still got three or four other guys. Like, do we want to experiment quarterback? Do we want a pocket pass? Or, like, and that could change a lot of how teams are trading or, like, schemes they're wanting to roll with or coaches. There's a lot of different outcomes, definitely, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree, man. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know about – I don't know about Caleb Williams, man. Like, I've I seen, I, I, like I said, I am more of a supporter of him than you are. If you watch this program, you know Brandon is not the most Caleb Williams friendly person. But he knows. He says the person is short. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, like, we're not, like I said, like, you're not the most Caleb friendly person. I'm kind of. I'm on the fence. Like I, I've seen his arm talent, and that's like undeniable. Like I don't think yeah, we, I, I don't think we differ on that at all. Like mm-hmm. I think we understand how good he really is. All right, but it's just like, what else is he? What else is he? Like, is he just exactly. a guy that has talent? Is he Jeff George, or is he gonna be uh, Peyton Manning? Is he is he Ryan Leaf or is he Peyton Manning? Because at the end of the day, Jeff George was really good. Ryan Leaf was really good in college. Peyton Manning was really good in college as well. So it's like, what person is he gonna be? You know what I'm saying? And if we're talking about black quarterbacks, who's he gonna be? You're gonna be Steve McNair, you know, big guy, big arm, you know, really invested in the community one. And two, invested in the team winning. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. what is he really going to be? Are you going to be Jamarcus Russell? You know, immensely talented. You know what I'm saying? Not invested in the community as much and not really as invested in, you know, the playbook and stuff, you know, which can cause all kinds of problems, right? So, you know, it, what are you going to be? You know what I'm saying? Who are you going to be, right? Like, you have to... You're going to have to figure out if he's your guy, you know what I'm saying, and what you're going to get. So to your to your point, the pro days and the combine are going to be big things because they're going to interview this guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie to you, man. If you're in an interview process, this is a job interview, bro. Like, don't it's get true. me wrong. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like, look. look you are about to be drafted anywhere within ten, the top 10 picks, right? So it's not really a job interview per se, 
but it's a job interview to get you to where you want to go. Yeah, and, it's going to be the difference between a lottery pick or not. And if he answers the questions in a way like a John Elway-ish to kind of go to where he wants to go, right? Because I I don't I don't know I don't I really don't know the guy I don't know the guy at all, but from what he's been saying and what's been out there, he might try to manipulate where he wants to go, and that's that. Look, that's not okay, but it's okay when you know where you're going, right? So like if you're a guy that's not really sure where you're gonna go, you should probably just answer the questions just generic yeah. as possible. Right, just get the job, right? You know, like we understand that. Get the job and then call it a day, right? But for him, he's in an interesting position to where he can manipulate the draft in a sense. Because he can say, I don't want to go to Chicago. And be like, nah, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? And he could just fall. But that's fine because look what happened to, you know, Mahomes. Mahomes fell to the Chiefs. So he could really fall where he wants to fall, in a sense, right? And the, the Bears, you know, have a chance to draft the top two picks in the draft, you know, almost. So, you know, they could rebuild their whole team. You could you could draft uh, Odunze from Washington and uh, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. and have a whole re- – so the Bears – should just draft two receivers in the first round uh, to help out Justin Fields. Uh, I just think it, it works. You don't have to rebuild or anything. You just kind of keep going. And then if you wanted to rebuild, then you'll have some receivers to throw to. You know what I'm saying? But they do have two first-round picks, so I wouldn't necessarily throw out the idea that, you know, you could draft a quarterback. You could trade for a quarterback. I mean, you do have a first-round pick, so no. Well, no, I'm not gonna say nobody's out of question, but I mean, if you really wanted a guy, you could go and trade for one. You know, shoot, man. Look, if the Chiefs wasn't, hey, if the Chiefs wasn't happy about Mahomes, right? You could offer them your two first-round picks and your first-round pick next year. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, the Bears could try to right the wrong that they didn't draft Bro, him. Man, in the look, look, man, when you got two first round picks, man, you are you got in the driver's seat. You got you got some deals you could make if you really wanted to. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't get me wrong. This is like Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, you know, uh, you know, Joe Burrow, people like that are off limits. But the people under them, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like if you wanted to. If you wanted to trade, like Tua wouldn't be off limits, in my opinion. If you wanted Maybe to, Justin Herbert. Yeah, Justin Herbert, you wouldn't be off. It's not off limits. You know what I'm saying? For two first rounders and a first round next year, no, nah, not off limits at all. Honestly, I could see them shocking everybody and trading them picks and getting hella assets, like hella picks or whatever the hell they want, like. I could really see them trying to do maybe what Houston did last year. I got a feeling they're not drafting a quarterback, man. But I could really see Chicago shocking everybody and trading them picks and getting way more than they could have imagined for them picks. 
especially that first overall pick, especially in a quarterback rich draft like we have this year. Dude, yeah. I can't even imagine. Like, they could get a real dream package back if they you. really wanted to. They really don't need to draft a quarterback anyway. Like, you've got a quarterback. Yeah, you just need pretty to build good. your team. Imagine if you trade them freaking picks, you get all kinds of assets, dude. You could rebuild, you could speed yourself along really quick without having the freaking, you know. Yeah, they got a, they got a like a Oklahoma City Thunder situation, man. Bro, they got like hell of draft picks from trading uh, Paul George and uh, Russell Wilson, Russell uh, Westbrook. Bro, they got draft picks for for days. That's how the Celtics were. When they trade, they yeah. trade with the Nets. They had a hell yeah. of draft picks. Yeah, and you see what happened. They got to a final. So that uh, shoot the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder look good now too. So you know, and they gonna look even better as the years goes on because they got a lot of picks from teams that aren't really good right now. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll see. You know, what I'm saying I think it's a good scenario to be in, man. But uh, like I said, we did pretty good today, man. You know, what I'm saying uh, sucks. Uh, my team lost. But that's all right because we, you know, we checked the game. Uh, Washington's winning uh, by a couple of touchdowns. So we, if, if it holds, we should be getting Michigan and uh, Washington in the national championship game, which I'm not mad about. You know what I'm saying? So there'll be two undefeated teams, too. So just the way I like it. Undefeated, 1 0, gotta go. So I like mm-hmm. it like that. So I, I actually might watch it. I might, I changed my mind. I might watch it. Uh, but uh, we'll see, man. But uh, good show, man. Uh, we got some college football in there. We got some NFL in there, man. Uh, last week of the um, last week of the regular season for the NFL. Uh, then next week is the last week of college football, man. So um, we should we go get into uh, the the NFL playoffs, man. And then off-season storylines, man, uh, for college football, man. Uh, what we, what, what are we doing? And we can have a, a, a too early uh, playoff bracket. That'd be interesting. Too early playoff bracket. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll see. That should be interesting. Uh, we'll see what you got to say on that one. So just some ideas we throwing out here, just trying different things, man. Uh, but other than that, we are good. To go, man. Uh, great episode. Um, before we get up out of here, anything you gotta say? Yeah, man, we're doing really good right now. Uh, we've eclipsed 16,000. We're on the road to 20k. So, we just want to thank all you guys for all the constant support. Thank you for all the likes, comments. For sure, the comments are really awesome. All the feedback. We had a couple of donations here and there for you guys. Shout out to y'all. Thank y'all so much for the constant support. Uh, yeah, we got really good content coming, man. Once uh, we're about to deal with college football, playoffs are going to be crazy. Leading into the Super Bowl. Once the Super Bowl's done, then guess what? Like you said, we got all season storylines. We've got the draft to talk about. We've got recruiting. We've got coaching carousel. We've got all kind of transfer portal, all that good stuff. But for the time being, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell notification so you don't miss a beat. Like you said earlier, we have tons of other content, college, pro, top fives, what ifs. The shorts have really been funny and really, really good lately. If you guys really want to check those out, it'd be really appreciated. And like you said earlier, we're on all platforms. We're on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, all that. Pop it in your ear, listen to the episodes while you drive, work out, stuff like that as well. But uh, yeah, man. Really grateful, really thankful. And like I said before, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and join us for the ride.
All right, couldn't have said it better myself, man. But all right, this is Cam. That's Brandon. Football Fair Mind Podcast signing off.